0: Welcome to episode number three of the University of Geology podcast, my name is Taylor Dorn. Today I sit down with Texas State University professor Dr. Renee DeHaan. I of course went to Texas State during my undergrad and Dr. DeHaan was uh, actually my first geology professor, uh, first earth science professor of any kind. And so he obviously played a huge role in, uh, in my life and getting me into the science and making me uh, further interested into all of its many topics and research questions. And so this was a great, uh, this was really fun for me to sit down with him for, for a few hours and talk with them. After the interview, myself, my wife, Genevieve, and Dr. DeHaan were uh, able to go out to lunch together At a local restaurant in San Marcos. And this was all happening uh, while I was deploying my final sensors for uh, my thesis. So it was a little surreal to go back where uh, it all started, where I actually discovered what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and also uh, meet again with all the professors and and faculty who I've made great relationships with and still maintain contact to uh, to this day. So it's always nice to, to go back to San Marcos and see how much the city has developed and how much the university has changed since I left. Lastly, I just wanna take a few moments to talk about uh, the format of the show. Obviously, the first episode was a little bit different. John was actually in town. He has been extremely busy this past month and a half. So we're actually working up to set up Skype to be able to communicate long distances with uh, this microphone setup, so the audio quality isn't too terrible. Uh, so hopefully, in the next few weeks, we should have another episode kind of ready to go. It'll be along the same lines as the first episode, but we have uh, some other segments that we want to throw in there. And of course, discuss a little bit more geology in there. Uh, that first episode was kind of all over the place. Uh, but we'll have that coming to you and of course I have some other uh, interviews lined up with some people that hopefully you're finding interesting about their work and about all the uh, different ways people go about studying geology. As always, please rate and review us on iTunes. Those greatly help us uh, getting more exposure and getting more eyeballs on the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at geologist Taylor. And my own personal website that also hosts the podcast, so you can find uh, some show notes and some photos, that is at tdgeology.com. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Oh, I constantly feel lost all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, I guess that's, a good that's what you do in graduate school, Yeah, is you find out how much you don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> effort Pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. How was this wonderful,
0: orderly Earth of ours formed in the first place? And how long has it been going on? <laughs> I am the Earth, the planet you call home. <laughs> All right, Uh, my guest today is Dr. Renee DeHaan at Texas State University. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well.
0: (laughs) All righty, you're here up in the summer and nobody else is in the offices. You're (laughs) by yourself
1: doing that's Research? the best. That's the best time. <laughs> you can get a lot of work done. Nice and quiet, or not, as <laughs> case might be. Yeah. You don't
0: have to have any office hours or anything right. like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Perfect.
1: Come, come in late, leave early if you want to. Yeah. I'm not getting paid, so it Is this your happen. typical
0: summer? This is this pretty much what you do every summer? It
1: is nowadays. Um, you know, I used to take the summer field trip, and and before I moved here, I used to teach field camp okay. in the summer, six weeks. Uh, but and before that, I researched in the summer. Okay. okay. When I was pulling in grants, why all summer was devoted to research. Uh, now summer's still re- devoted to research, mm-hmm. I'm just not on grant anymore, so it's okay.
0: my own time. You miss field camp stuff, or no, not really?
1: Uh, I miss field camp, but I'm unable to do it anymore.
0: Yeah, because you're doing that with Dr. Earl here, correct? Right.
1: yeah. Okay. And this was Earl's, last, last time was Earl's last time, so else is going to take over? Now. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh. Two females are going to run, run oh, okay. the field trip, yeah.
0: Okay, awesome. Uh, I guess we'll start off, we'll go back in time a little bit. And uh, why did you get into geology? What interested you about it?
1: I got into geology uh, because when I was 14, I went out to Philmont Scout Ranch. Uh, I was on the staff as a trainee. And I had lived in Central Florida and South Texas. I mean, real hmm. South Texas. Yeah. And. Uh, Never seen rocks, <laughs> and so I went out to Philmont, which is in northern New Mexico, uh, and in the mountains, and I just fell in love with it. I mm-hmm. said, I got to be a geologist, and so from that time on, I started, you know, looking into geology. So I went into college knowing I wanted to be a geologist, and I went all the way through.
0: Okay, so your parents didn't have anything to do with uh, any natural science. Parents sciences? didn't
1: have anything to do with it except my. My mother didn't want me to be a geologist because geologists believe in evolution. <laughs> I would go to hell. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it took a long time to convince her. Really?
0: They kind of ease up after a while? After uh,
1: eventually she <laughs> eased up. About as much as she has about my beard. She didn't <laughs> like my beard either. <laughs> Did you but, have any brothers or sisters? It, I, I have a sister that's 11 years younger. So okay. essentially I was raised as an only child. and then. She came along, she was kind of racist, like an only child. And they, uh, they always said they they tried not to treat me like an only child, mm. and that didn't work, so they raised my sister differently than they raised me. They gave her everything. Of
0: course, that's about how it normally works. <laughs> the youngest always gets pretty much everything. That's right, okay. The youngest has to, or the oldest has to work. When, to.
1: when I was in undergraduate school at Texas Western, UT, EP now, yeah. So, uh, I checked out a little book from the library, uh, The Face of the Moon, uh, written by uh, an astronomer, Baldwin, that got everything right about interpreting the moon. It, it became later, uh, became the textbook for all the geologists going into lunar geology. But I happened to read that back in the uh, late 50s, and it turned me on to lunar geology, before there was lunar geology. And so uh, by the time I got into graduate school and started working on my PhD, uh, I was able to work in arrangement with the uh, USGS, astrogeology branch, and I did a lunar mapping problem for my dissertation. Oh, cool. So, uh, master's was vul- volcanology, and, and PhD was... There was nobody around, by the way, at Texas Tech <laughs> where I was that knew anything about uh, lunar geology, because yeah, it was just, just brand it's, new. Yeah. Uh, but I finally found a professor who would uh, back me with it, and uh, he says, as long as you've got USGS backing, well, I'll go along with it. So you got funding from the USGS? I didn't get funding, no. but they supplied me all the materials that I needed. Oh, wow. And so uh, I was mapping an area that moon that's very close to the first landing site, before the first landing. Yeah. OK. <laughs> and if they had landed in my area, I'd probably have to redone my, <laughs> my dissertation. <different laughs> <tape. laughs> yeah, they you. landed just outside. <laughs> so everything was cool. That's incredible. And what year was that? Uh, I was working on thesis in '67, '68. The landing was '69. Oh, okay. Okay. The dissertation, excuse me, not yeah. the not the thesis. Okay.
0: So whenever you were in undergrad, you knew geology was yes the path. Yeah, I went pretty much immediately.
1: I'm one of those few people that became. You went right in wanting to be a geologist. Yeah. In my lifetime, as a professor, mostly we pick up geologists. Who take the course in college, and then decide they want to they want to do Guilty. it.
0: Yeah, I switched a major about three times, yeah. and then transferred here. And then you were the you were the, actually the first uh, geology professor, any earth science professor I've ever had. Okay. And then uh, I didn't stray.
1: Okay, Well that that's commonly what happens. Is, yeah, is not until the 60s there was no earth science taught in uh, K through 12, and so people just Come into college and take mm-hmm. geology. And say, oh, that—that's great. You know? Nowadays, a few more people have had a little bit of introduction into our science, but still not much. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, have you noticed any differences? Because that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Because everybody I've talked to before are super young, and so they didn't come up with uh, like the plate tectonics revolution that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, have things changed that oh, much? Oh gosh, yes. Okay.
1: Uh, Plate tectonics was being developed while I was in graduate school. Okay, mm-hmm. I was in the graduate schools in the '60s. Okay, and, and left graduate school at '67, and started teaching. I got my came back to get my PhD in, uh, in the '70s. Uh, in '70, uh, I I left with all my coursework, my dissertation done, but I had to have a foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got a job. Uh, all but dissertation and worked on getting the foreign language I got it came back and graduated. So during the 60s was of course the the push to go to the moon. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot what the question was now. uh, uh, Changes okay. During the 60s we was also the development of plate tectonics and so my education even up through uh, masters uh, plate tectonics wasn't really known Okay, we were still talking continental drifts, and stuff like that, yeah. okay, Expanding. and, and plate tectonics was just getting, to sh- starting to show up, so, yeah, that came along essentially after I graduated, and, and, and when I went to school, you know, gosh, we know all there is to know about geology <laughs> so, Yeah. and plate tectonics was a major shift in in the way we thought about things. And it's it's, uh, now incorporated in, we use it, you know, at the beginning of the, Freshman class is the basis on which we build everything nowadays. Okay. Yeah, I was just
0: always been curious because obviously whenever I read uh, books or whatever, it's like, all right, here's here's the date. <laughs> and after this, everything changed. But play? I wonder if like yeah, people living during that time, if it was such a sudden. Uh, oh crap! I need to go back. It and wasn't
1: quite that sudden, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was. Gee, only I need to do.
0: Incorporate this. I mean, in a matter of years, you're right. You're, you're, having the you're beginning
1: like. to build and shift in, and yeah, uh, and, and kind of throw the other stuff. Away. Yeah. have you ever uh,
0: read Annals of the Former World? Former World. It's a John McPhee book. No, I haven't. Uh, but it's like a collection of uh, like his five uh, books about him traveling across the U.S. and he's going with. Uh, Several geologists, and one of the geologists that he travels with, it's like the early 70s when he's writing this, but she uh, doesn't believe in plate tectonics. <laughs> and so, it's like, part of the chapter is dedicated to her challenging the whole plate tectonics.
1: It's super interesting. Yeah. Completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> interesting nonetheless. Well, it's uh, look at uh, our, our field trip out west that we take for a month. Uh, my ideas of Western geology was still changing. Uh, you know, when I when I was going to school, it was Horst and Graben, the, the Western United States. Horst and Graben, all tension, mm-hmm. but we didn't know where the tension was coming from. Okay, and, and now in a plate tectonic setting, it works great, but it's still rather complicated according, compared to the early ideas of plate tectonics. So. Uh, we, we were still developing our ideas exactly how the Horst and graben topography developed. And I'm still picking it up. <laughs> okay, Same. <laughs> so it yeah. took a while for everything to sink in. Yeah. yeah. And it's great. It's really great that yeah. there's, there's
0: new stuff. It's not old. Oh, I constantly feel lost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, I guess that's a good That's thing. what you do
1: in graduate school, yeah. Is you find out how much you don't know,
0: <laughs> uh, every, pretty much everything, <laughs> yeah. No, you know,
1: you know we, we'll give you nice answers when you're undergraduate, oh, yeah. And then as you get into graduate school, we say, Now, here's what you don't know,
0: about yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. And then I get very lucky on test days, like, Oh, okay, I kind of do know a little something, <laughs> and then the next day, I have to go back and reread and write and uh, math. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about your research since uh, PhD, Uh, kind of career path, that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I will. Uh, I I was very lucky because I had USGS backing on the dissertation. When I got through with the dissertation, uh, the head of the USGS mapping program told me about NASA funding for mapping the moon and Mars and we're just getting started on Mars uh, with some really lousy <laughs> just, okay. yeah. but you know you try to do with what you got to work with and so I got into a Mars mapping program right out of, of graduation but at the same time I had submitted uh, a proposal for lunar studies on the thickness of the the Mare basalts. And uh, that kind of just went, and I didn't hear about it for two years, and everybody said, well, you hadn't heard It's it's dead. And one day I got a letter (laughs) It said, we're going to fund your research. And so I actually had two grants running. One was the thickness of the lunar basalts, which ran uh, eventually turned into about a, a, a 10 year project, Continu- continually funding yeah. on that. And at the same time, I was doing Mars mapping and went on to map uh, geologic mapping on uh, Ganymede and Mercury. So, Moon, Mercury, uh, Mars, and Ganymede <laughs> were wow. geologic maps, plus uh, landform studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Moon and Mars. Did you have
0: anybody working on these with you? Or is it I
1: did most of this myself. I have uh, a joint author on, on one of my papers. He didn't didn't contribute that much, but he was head of the department. <laughs> Make sure you include him on the office. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I I worked mostly alone. Wow. Some of my maps have co-authors. Cool uh, because well, one of my map has co-authors one of them's a, a, a grad student and, and one of them is a group of us on the mercury map uh, we went out to Flagstaff which is where USGS is located for astrogeology uh, and we worked in collusion with each other on the on the mercury map and yeah. then I put it all together for the for the final print yeah um, for my master's, go way back. For my master's thesis, uh, I did a study of mar type volcanism, uh, which forms crater like features, holes in the ground, craters look something like impact craters. Mm. Uh, I, I did a, a mar crater in southern uh, New Mexico at a time that mar craters weren't fairly well recognized. We now know that they're fairly common features, but back then they weren't weren't known too well. And I I did another paper on a little uh, Icelandic shield cone in the same area. And so back in 65, I I published these papers, okay? Uh, Dr. Earl and I have been going to both these craters, the Martype crater and the Aden crater in the southwest uh, field trip. Mm-hmm. We started going back to the Aden uh, Shield Cone, looking at it as a possible publication. And that's what we're working on right now. Fifty years beyond my first publication, I'm going to get another publication on Aden Crater. Uh, awesome. We now understand how basalt flows were in place a lot better than we did 50 years ago. And so we can now apply some of that to uh, the Aiden crater flows and correct some of the mistakes I made <laughs> 50 years ago. Always good. And in the process, I, I finally figured out how to map the flows. Uh, it's very difficult working in lava flows because you can't always tell age relationships very well. Yeah. And so I decided to map it as a FACES map and to find physiographic facies within the flows and map those. And so I I produced a facies map. And that's going to be my next publication. Once we get this publication out, which is the origin of certain features, then we'll turn around and uh, publish the map of the the field. And that's probably going to be my last publication. That's it? Well, I'm 78, okay. (laughs) I was going to volunteer to lead a field trip out to Aden in Hunts Hole for the New Mexico Geological Society. And I realized I can't walk that much. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, I'll be 80 by the time they, they have that particular meeting down in that area of the state. Yeah. And that's <laughs> it's getting pretty you, you, old. You put in your time. Yeah, I'm now at that stage where uh, when I get up in my office, get ready for a class, I have to get up early so I can walk around the hall and straighten out a little bit before I walk in. So, so I'm not walking in like a hunched old man.
0: How many lectures are you given nowadays?
1: Uh, sometimes two classes, sometimes three, depending on whether what I'm teaching. In mineralogy, we have two labs a week. And so uh, often I teach mineralogy and freshman geology and some other course that doesn't have a lab. Mm-hmm. If I'm teaching petrology, which I teach one time a year, it's mineralogy, petrology, both of those have a lab. And so those are the only two courses I teach mm-hmm. because there's three labs a week in the lectures for them.
0: Do you have a favorite class you like to teach? One
1: of the well, I like to teach planetary geology, but uh, I've kind of, Backed off from that because it's not a useful course for the students. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, coming out of here, they need something they yeah. might find useful. So, mineralogy and petrology of course are my my Yeah,
0: those are I the make. ones that are going to those those yeah. Yeah, gonna they're transfer. They're gonna transfer. Those the ones going to transfer. Those are the
1: ones that I that I was trained to teach. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the. Uh, planetary just came along as, as a side thing I'm, I'm going to offer an economic geology course now a survey course which include everything from minerals rocks and yeah. uh, petroleum but it's just you know just a, a little insight into petroleum we're going to offer a petroleum course oh, wow. separate uh, and, who's doing that uh, I think Suzanne is I'm not okay. sure we, we, we have uh, we now have three professors here, by the way. Uh, uh, Dolores and Suzanne, uh, both PhDs. Hmm. And uh, we have just recently said we're going to introduce Petroleum Geology and Geology of the United States. Each of those are going to develop those as special courses.
0: It's expanding a little bit. That's nice. Yeah, we're
1: expanding a little bit. Okay. We've got, you know, we started off, I started off here 10 years ago With 30 students in geology, now we got 150 in geology.
0: Is there ever any talks of expanding to an actual geology major? No. (laughs) Is it just because the UT thing, and then you have UTSA down the road? Is that? That's what they
1: say. Okay. Uh, That's when I got interviewed here, and the we're in uh, liberal arts, geography's in liberal arts, and and geology's in geography here. Uh, The dean said, we're never gonna have geology here. Uh, They have geology in Austin, they have geology in San Antonio. We don't need it here. We're almost 40,000 students, come on. Uh, We've got lots of people that would take geology if we had it here. Uh, We offer English and physics and chemistry and they offer them in those other schools. But the main thing is we're in liberal arts, and liberal arts doesn't have doesn't want to push a science, okay yeah. uh, we got we were carried for many, many years in physics and then in uh, biology, but they finally decided to get rid of geology and, and geography said well we'll we'll take it. Our students you know need it. Uh, so now we're in liberal arts. Uh, if you think into the distant future, maybe someday there'll be a School of Earth Science mm-hmm. with geography being the center of that, and then maybe we'll have a geology degree. But I'm, I'm not holding my breath, okay? I
0: mean, that'll be so far. In the yeah,
1: future. I'm not holding my breath or anything like that. Um, we've talked about it briefly uh, among the department head here, and it, He's not interested. He doesn't see that as a place to go, and most people will say, "Well, right now we're building geography, and, and geography is actually, you know, yeah. building. It's it's a new Ph.D. granting institution, even though it's the biggest. <laughs> it's yeah. also the newest, and so they have to establish themselves as a geography." Mm-hmm. Uh, power before they can think about doing anything else so I'm not holding my breath <laughs> okay. one day one day I, th- I think we're with three uh, professors we're probably at our limit right now that's probably where we'll be stable because there's only two before right until yeah when, when I came there's only one then yeah. we got another one so there's two yeah. and now we're going to three and I, I don't see us going beyond that okay. we might have three and an adjunct, because right now we don't have a paleontologist. Okay. And so we might uh, every now and then have a paleontologist come in and teach a course or something yeah.
0: like that. What, uh, so after your PhD, all that kind of work, I, why well, I even before uh, Texas State, where were you teaching, doing research
1: at? Uh, I was exiled to Lucian. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first job was at Northwestern Louisiana. There were three of us. I had been there five years. I would have gotten tenure, and the college decided they were gonna cut faculty, and everybody who was untenured <laughs> was released. Wow. Uh, this was during the, uh, the late 60s, well, actually early 70s and geology departments were all going through problems everywhere. Uh, and so as I applied to different places, they would, and I was just sending out letters blindly, uh, they would write back and say, we're getting rid of our meteorologist <laughs> wow. And I just found out more people were going onto the job market. Yeah. So uh, I finally heard of a job up in Arkansas at a little school, uh, used to be Arkansas. AM. Uh, it was then University of Arkansas at Monticello. Okay. Uh, 1,800 students. Okay. Well, I went up and interviewed, and when I drove away, I said, Oh gosh, they're going to offer me a job. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, for that next week, before I heard from them, I was calling around trying to find anything I could, and finally when they called me I knew that there weren't any other jobs around. Uh, they called me and offered me the job, I said, well sure, I'll be glad to come. <laughs> uh, they were very nice, they treated me nicely, yes. but I was a geologist in the physics department. Okay, uh, But I did have a nice big lab, I had my, my grants from NASA, hmm. uh, and so I was there for five years Now during the five years I was there, Northeast Louisiana offered me a job three different times. And I said, no, I can't move the grants. What I was hoping was to get a job out in Arizona or Colorado or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last time they offered me a job, uh, I I realized I wasn't going to be moving to (laughs) Caltech. (laughs) I said, sure, I can move the grant. (laughs) Love to. And so I went down to Monroe. Uh, They had a pretty good going program at the time. Uh, uh, Mostly serving the oil industry in northern Louisiana.
0: See, I mean even south Louisiana. Yeah, That's pretty much all it is.
1: Right, and and we had a nice little department and, and very effective in getting people out into jobs in the oil industry and I was carrying on research so I was there 27 years, okay. Wow. But in the last four or five years, things were going downhill, and uh, we lost our program when the the big drop came mm-hmm. in, in hiring geologists. They couldn't think ahead enough to the you know the industry would come back, and so I was finally reduced to teaching freshman courses. Uh, which meant for once in my life, if I left a semester, no one would miss me. And so I went taught semester at C for a semester. Uh, just took leave and went and taught semester at C, went around the world teaching. It's incredible. Yeah, it was lots of fun. And I saw stuff I'd never seen. Did your quite. wife
0: go with you? Was yeah, this?
1: she went with me. She got the job. <laughs> it's it's real interesting. We both applied to Teach a semester. See what they do is they hire a whole new faculty every semester to go on the boat, and you teach while you're on, while you're crossing the oceans, and the, uh, then the the students get out and, and visit the various countries you go to. Uh, she got the job, and once she got the job fixed, knew she was hired. She says, "Well, my husband applied." And they said, oh, okay, well, we'll hire him too. Okay, so she got the job. I didn't. <laughs> Even though I had the publication right. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> they needed what she was teaching. What was she teaching? She was teaching communications. Okay. Okay, speech. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so she got the job. Then I, I tagged along, and I got a job with it. Okay. The, the bad part of that story is... We left Vancouver in January, winter, uh, to cross to Japan and we were in a very, very big storm. 100 kilometer an hour winds and waves 40 foot high and that sort of stuff. Jeez. Uh, the boat was damaged and my wife was damaged as much as the boat was. She broke her back, punctured her lung, Man. lung collapsed. Uh, so, when we got out of the storm, they had to divert to Hawaii to get her to the hospital and get the boat fixed up. And so ended up, she had to stay behind, and I had to stay on the boat because we had no money coming in yeah. otherwise. And so she stayed behind, and I made the trip around the world. And we don't talk about that around the house much. <laughs> <laughs> that part wasn't that. Yeah, it's just Nothing we happened. don't talk about that. Because <laughs> she was recovering the whole time I was <laughs> at sea. But it was a great experience. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, because I saw things I would never Where see. Where all did you go?
0: Anything, anything, uh, we
1: were uh, supposed to go to Japan and Korea. We missed those because of the diversion the, the of the storm. But we uh, went to China, Hong Kong, and South China to see the karst topography, the, the so, tower. Yeah,
0: it's, I, I've always wanted to make it out there. Oh,
1: fantastic stuff. Vietnam, Cambodia, India, uh, Tanzania, South Africa, Venezuela, uh, Brazil. Wow. Okay, so. Quite a,
0: yeah, it's quite a bit.
1: Touched quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was, it, you know, it was a trip of a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't pay much. But then you get the free travel. <laughs> you got the free travel, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's great. Um, we got off topic. Uh, so yes, ULM, uh, the program starts to wind down, and then I imagine
1: it winds down, and we had a um, department head uh, who I didn't get along with well. And I'd come home crying at nights, you know, oh God, blah, blah, blah. And Jackie says, You don't have to take this my wife. Yeah. Says you don't have to take this. You can retire. You've been there twenty seven years. And finally I said, you know, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I walked in and, and, and told the department, I'm thinking of retiring. And he just came right back real quick. He said, Well, I have to know. <laughs> and I said, Okay, I'm retiring. <laughs> 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 and so I retired. Uh, I begged my way with the Dean to keep my office for a year so I could wind down research and and get rid of all the stuff I'd collected over my career and we went looking for a place to live in retirement and we ended up in Canyon Lake.
0: Any reason why?
1: Well it was back in Texas we both grew up in Texas and, and the lake's pretty. Yes. Okay. But we looked well, we looked in New Mexico, then we, then we came back and looked in Texas and we just started the north end of the hill country and worked our way down and finally found a, a nice house that we could afford at Canyon Lake. We looked at a, a nice house in San Marcos, but It's better being on the lake. <laughs> yeah, we passed, passed that by. Yeah. But one year in retirement, and I was just going crazy. We, uh, we went around to all the retirement places and, and old people yeah. <laughs> playing not cards. Not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I'm not ready for that. Was yet. your wife also
0: retired at this point?
1: Yeah, she was retired at this point. Uh, but I was just going crazy, and mm-hmm. I was driving her crazy. And so I started looking for a part-time job. Uh, I looked at the, the caves around here to see if I could be a, a guide in the cave. Mm. They didn't want a old guy who thought he knew more than they yeah, did, of course. Okay. So I, I I wrote to the geography department here and asked if they had an adjunct position, you know, so I could mm. teach every now and then. And, and he wrote back and said, no, we have a full-time position, <laughs> and I said, Okay, I can teach two or three years. I mean, it's okay. Well, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. It's, it's great. They teach me well. They treat me well. Uh, I've got a place to come. I've got a place to do my, do my research. Uh, it's, it's just been ideal. I've been happy here.
0: Yeah, cause, I mean, here at least it seems that there's not a huge stress in like pulling in grant money and all that, turning out Right, I'm, I'm
1: not hired for, for research. I do research because I want to, Yeah. okay, uh, but I, there's no big push for me to, to full publish, only if I want to. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is, if you want to go to the meeting, you've got to give a paper at the meeting, so I, I give a paper every year at of course. GSA and, and Lunar and Planetary Science, and mm-hmm. you know, I pay... Part of it, they never pay all of it yeah. but enough to, to make it worthwhile to go. Yeah, uh, But they bought the equipment that I need, the, the, the microscopes, when we needed microscopes. And they, it's just been great. I've been happy.
0: Yeah, it's great. Uh, whenever you're going in, like whenever you decided you wanted to be a professor, was, uh, was there any thought in your head like I wanted to mainly focus on research or mainly focus on lecturing or did you kind of want to mix?
1: I, I went into. Teaching because I wanted to do research, mm-hmm. and that's how you do research: is you, you you work as an academic and do the research. And so that's the reason I, you know, I, I had offers to to work for Exxon at three times the amount of money I make yeah. <laughs> as a professor. But then you're working for somewhere someone else doing what they want you to yeah. do. So yeah. fun. And I, I went into academia because you do what you want to do when it comes to research.
0: Yeah, that was pretty much, just, pretty much my decision. <laughs> to come back. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, I had two and a half years. I was like, yeah, I'll be uh, much more happy doing something else, or yeah. even if you're it's not going to make the money, you make in the industry. No, certainly not. That was even. Uh, <laughs> Like whenever, it was probably like six months before like I actually turned in my notice that I was quitting or whatever and uh, I went and it was Dr. Locke who was up at UL and he teaches the petroleum courses. And he was like, oh yeah, we get you your types all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. But it's like this weird uh, dichotomy where it's like people like me uh, going back to UL to go to school uh, for grad school, and then you have all these undergrads who are going out uh, into the industry. I'm like, well, I'll see you in a couple
1: of years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, obviously some of them do quite well oh, yeah. in the industry. Some of them love it. I yeah. I, I, yeah. I
0: couldn't maintain that life. I mean, it was basically
1: a month offshore and then yeah. two weeks home. <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah. Um, but but I I solved it. Okay, I'm going to be working on the problems they want me to work on. Yeah. And I'd rather work on the problems I want to work on. So.
0: Exactly. That's why I, I told my wife, pretty much everybody, like this is the happiest I've been probably in my life, just being able to pick who I want to work with, the projects I want to work on.
1: Yeah.
0: Somewhat decide where I want to yeah. go to school.
1: So You're not going
0: to get rich. But no, but I'll be happy. Yeah. That's the, that's the key. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the poster behind you? I'll post a picture
1: of it so people can actually okay. look at it. Well, uh, like I say, my, my terrestrial expertise has been in Martite volcanism. And, and this is from a Red Hill Field in New Mexico, which is in western New Mexico. There's a whole bunch of, of uh, Martite craters that, that run uh, northeast. Uh, well, they run southwest from uh, Bandera crater uh, down to the southwest, there's just a whole bunch of mar craters. And so what you're seeing are pictures and cross-sections of these Mars and various stages of development, various stages of uh, uh, erosion. And uh, I came up with a, a little sequence, that you do in geomorphology, as a sequence of modification, what happens to them when they're modified. And, in, in various stages of development. And so that's, that's where this eventually ends up. And, uh, uh, Dr. Earl and I went out to core one of the, uh, the mar, because they're filled in with recent sediments, we wanted to get down to the lake sediments that one time there's a lake in it. We wanted to core down to the lake sediments so we could uh, look at uh, those and date those. We went out and hand-augered for a whole day, <laughs> Wow! made it seven feet. I mean, it was that hard augering. It so was really uh, packed tight. And so we kind of gave up on that idea. <laughs> and so that was one piece of research that was never completed. Yeah. We just said, OK, we can't do this. What, what I need is a powered auger so we can go down about 20, 25 feet. I didn't want to spend the money to do that. It's kind of sitting in the back of my mind. Yeah, I could take a few hundred dollars out of savings and go down. That could be the sp- end. That could be uh, your I'm going out party. No, I'm going to let, I'm gonna <laughs> let the, the Aiden Crater be my be my okay. first swan song. <clears throat> I think it's fitting to go back and yeah. do something you did. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's, I it's, bet. You know, go back and kind of correct. You know some of the stuff now that we know a lot more—not just me, but the the whole discipline knows a lot more than we did 50 years ago. So we can apply observations from Hawaii to this stuff, and mm-hmm. it's lots of fun. That was that was kind of cool looking at all the different Mars and uh, looking at the geology, looking at the. Geomorphic development of mm-hmm. yeah. it was enjoyable, even though it didn't turn out to be a big research finale. kinda yeah. just kind of drifted away. <laughs>
0: okay, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you're super busy, um, so we'll finish with uh, the geologists. They're just like us. I know before <clears throat> I know before we started, you said you don't have any hobbies. <laughs> right. But uh, when I was here, I remember you always gave talks uh, about. Uh, science movies, and oh, yes. movies in space, I know you have some gripes with older <laughs> movies. Oh,
1: yeah. But I love them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, I, I have developed uh, two talks that I give, uh, sometimes I give to my classes, but mostly they're for older people, because uh, the really bad science fiction movies were the 50s and 60s, Yeah, and, and students don't remember those, but I, I do talk about some of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I developed uh, an hour presentation about uh, the moon uh, as we thought and as we know and the same thing from Mars. Uh, uh, my Mars one is called, uh, what? I can't remember the title right now, uh, from Barso- Barsoom to Mars. That's Edgar Rice Burroughs' name for Mars. That's that's what the Martians called it. Was called Mars, okay. Marson, Okay, and, and so uh, I, I look at past ideas and then present ideas. What what we thought and what we what we know. No canals on Mars. No canals Can on Mars. Okay, oh, but, but 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 I that I use the old movies yeah. and old literature as how they interpreted what might be on Mars as to what we actually found. It. So that was fun. Yeah, okay. I bet. And uh, I just recently uh, gave a talk to the, I have to think of, the Master Naturalist. The Texas has a natu- naturalist program mm-hmm. that uh, each county has, program uh, and I talked to a group about meteorites in Texas and uh, that was uh, that was kind of fun developing that that hour-long it's interesting thing since we do have lots of meteorites found in Texas uh, for meteor structures so there's you know we've got a lot to talk about yeah I got to talk about my family a little bit okay? yeah, yeah yeah then you can cut it yeah. out if you want no, to say, <laughs> uh my wife of course was working while I was in school we got out got out of school she st- had babies <laughs> of course we started a family uh, I have two boys uh, once the boys got in high school she went started going to college and got her PhD when she was... Fifty-five or something like that. Ah. Okay. Uh, at the time she was working on her PhD, my oldest son was at uh, MIT, going to school, and he's got his PhD from MIT. Mm-hmm. My oldest boy is, you know, one of those smart kids that everybody hates because he's a nerd and he's smart. And okay. Uh, Doesn't have much social grace, but Mm. he's extremely intelligent. Well, of course, my second son, who's three years younger, wasn't going to compete with him. So uh, he was popular in school and everybody's friend. Uh, He got a two year degree in drafting. Okay. But then after working for a year, he said, you know, I'm making as much as I'm ever going to make drafting right now. I said, yeah. He says, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to be an architect. Okay, you'll have to study. Oh, I can study. So now he's an architect, okay. So we have three PhDs in the family yeah. and one architect, <laughs> a master's degree in That's architecture. Great. Uh, the, the, the story I like to tell though is my eldest son went off to Louisiana School, which is, is a school for gifted. And, and when people would come back to town, they'd, they'd ask me, "Is Andre your son?" I said, "Yeah." And He said, "He's so smart." Okay. My younger son went to the same town to go to, to go to college for his two year degree, and people would come back and say, is, "Is Antoine your son?" I said, "Yeah." He throws the best parties. <laughs> <laughs> Not what you want to hear, <laughs> okay. but that's the difference to the yeah. two, you know. Yeah. But now they're both very successful. I, I, I can't. You know, everybody talks about yeah. worrying about their kids. My kids are just fantastic.
0: In terms of them going for a PhD, was that something that they just decided to
1: do on their own? Or oh yes. It? Oh okay. yes. They just, you know, they didn't see any other choice. Actually, <laughs> they, just, they saw mother and daddy getting yeah. PhD, They just, you know, at, at one time. I had all three, my, the mother, of both sons, wow. in college. <laughs> okay. Fortunately, wow. uh, two of them were getting scholarships and assistantships, so I didn't have to pay that much for them, <laughs> but the money was just going out. Oh, there. I bet. <laughs> it's like a shoveling coal. <laughs> right.
0: <teacher laughs> out there. Well, uh,
1: but that's family life. Yeah, okay.
0: of course. That's what we, I mean, I'm not really similar, but my wife got her master's and then flipped because there's no way we couldn't pay. (laughs) (laughs) Not a chance. Not a chance. Uh, All right. I think that's it. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? I don't don't think so. All right. Thanks again. Uh, I don't thank you enough (laughs) because, I mean, really, because I, before this, I talked a little bit about, like, on uh, some previous episodes. But when I was at UTSA, I pretty much failed out. Of UtSA like had no uh, real direction. Changed my major, that kind of stuff, uh, and then really as soon as I came here and met with you and Dr. Earl, y'all pretty much changed my life.
1: Well, uh, I'm glad. And I'm happy. Uh, set me on this. Just path. thrilled that we were able to. <laughs> no, really, I, point I, you I, in the right <laughs> direction. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. I needed it. Save um, you from a life of wandering around <laughs> yeah but i still wander around it's just outside and i kind of <laughs> now you know what so you're know doing what <laughs> yeah it still
0: rocks but uh, again i can't thank y'all uh, enough uh, for sitting down with me uh, and also for giving me sort of my backbone <laughs> in the natural sciences it's great Coming back. So, good thanks